0: Coaching Inside the Box. A youth soccer coaching podcast. A Brit, a Brazilian, and an American discuss culture and environment and the impact it has on youth development. Can you coach inside the box? Hello and welcome to another rousing episode, the first one of 2024 from Coaching Inside the Box. We're kicking 2024 off a little bit differently though. Uh, 2024, at least to start for the year, isn't necessarily going to be a soccer first podcast. We're going to be a life first podcast. Podcast. And what do we mean by that? We mean that we're going to talk about when you apply uh, legends for life uh, coaching, legends, trading soccer legends philosophy to the, to the, to the sessions and to the, uh, to the methodology that you run with your teams. You have an impact that that reaches far greater than just the impact that happens in between those white lines. And uh, we're eager to dig in. Andy's back in author and writing mode, putting together, putting pen to paper or finger to type pad to organize and edit and finish the next edition of his second book, Legends for Life. Andy, Philippe, welcome back.
1: Hey, what's, what's type pad?
0: Isn't that what you type on with your fingers? Is it? Or key fingers, keyboard? as my grandma used to say. Keyboard, maybe? Maybe. the I, I maybe prefer type pad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer I, I never heard type pad yeah, in my life. But does it make sense? No. I, I'm prepared a now. Pad pad is a pad
1: is, is paper. No,
0: uh, a pad is not just paper. A mouse pad is not paper. Is not paper. An iPad. An, An I- I- iPad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just felt stupid, didn't you? <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: You know, you know, I'm showing my age, maybe. But, yeah. Apparently, TypePad is a company, and somebody Googled, is TypePad still in business? I don't know if it is or not, but maybe we're putting it back in business with free advertising on everybody's favorite coaching podcast, Coaching Inside the Box. Anyway,
1: let's get down to the serious stuff. What do dentists call their photos? <laughs> it's been like so
0: many episodes since we've done this. I thought maybe we—I thought Andy'd forgotten. If I'm being honest,
1: what's your name again? <laughs> what do dentists call their photos? Uh, I don't know. Toothpicks. Um, how much does a pirate pay for corn? A buccaneer. What do you call a bee that can't make up his mind? A maybe. In. A, if April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims.
0: I usually your I, jokes. Th- I didn't understand to them to three the of the, the words. Oh, to there's the no theme, theme here. This there's is no just, theme. No, there's, okay. there's absolutely it's no just, theme here. This really. is these are just all of Andy's favorite dad jokes memorized since nineteen. 19- uh, I swear, two, two
2: or three of the jokes I didn't even understand them. Okay. Why couldn't I
0: understood them all? And the last one, I didn't laugh.
1: You know, the you know the English are way more creative than the Brazilians. That's why you just don't get it. Yeah. You know, um, why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself?
0: It's missing its legs. It
1: was too tired. Mm. What do you call a bear without teeth? A gummy bear. How do you organize a space party? Never done that. You plan it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, <clears throat> a grizzly bear walks into a bar and says to the bartender, Give me a whiskey and cola. The bartender says, Okay, but why the big paws? The bear replied, I'm not sure, I was born with them. The <laughs>
0: big paws? Yeah, yeah, got it. Why did you have to do this? (laughs) If you ever want to see Andy imitate a bear, check out the episode on YouTube. (laughs) Anyway, this is serious. According to
1: official sources, a new simplified income tax form contains only four lines. Number one, what was your income for the year? Number two, what were your expenses? Number three, how much have you left? Number four, send it in. <laughs>
2: that
0: was good. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> it's been a long wait. <laughs> so, in in this next edition for Legends for Life, Andy, are you gonna have? Are you gonna lead the book off with jokes? Are you, or better yet, could we do a Legends? A legends coach book by yours truly, Andy Barney. I don't have to lead, I don't have to follow with jokes because the whole book's gonna be a joke.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, the actual jokes you tell naturally and organically are better than the ones that you research. You should give yourself more credit. Oh, I planned that one. <laughs> <laughs> like the space party? Like the space party, yeah. Well,
0: here we are in 2024, guys. Um, big year ahead for all of us, I'm sure. Hopefully, collectively, for uh, youth soccer and soccer teams um, everywhere. Also a big year. Um, sometimes it, it's always a, a fresh new start from, for, for people to, to, to put things in a different perspective or think differently or try to prioritize differently how you're going to approach what you do on a, on a daily basis. And so, you know, I, I imagine there's many coaches listening who have been listening for a while and thinking I should try that piece or I should try that piece. Um, and I, maybe this is the year that, that they finally start to follow some of our advice and, uh, Invest more time and prioritize deceptive dribbling and goal scoring than they did prior. I would agree with that. Your point is, uh, you've got a piece of paper in your face, so I'm guessing you're ready to go.
1: <laughs> the the um, this this I really like. Uh, it's by Nelson Mandela. You ever heard of him? Just out a curiosity, once or twice. Okay. Um, Education is the great engine to personal development. It is through education that the daughter of a peasant can become a doctor, that the son of a mine worker can become the head of the mine, that the child of a farm worker can become the president of a great nation. And I, I think he was referring to himself with that statement. And, and how is this relative to what we do? And the legend's philosophy focuses on soccer's role in developing many positive character traits. In a way that traditional coaching doesn't you know traditional coaching is about developing a team that wins you know and we are far less concerned with winning games you know than we are concerned with the content of a child's character the difference in content between when they start with us and when they end with us you know we want kids to walk out of our club you know, walk tall, be brave, be creative, be a leader, have a wonderful self-concept. Because nothing we did was selfish as coaches. We did, we're not doing this for our ego. And it's tough because we've all got egos, right? But we've adopted policies and we, we insist that our coaches follow these policies, like equal play and time, when nobody's, you know, self-concept gets destroyed by a coach that just is doing something to win the game. You know, and that's one example of hundreds of things that we do differently. You know, so, you know, we, we focus on soccer's role in developing many positive character traits with a special emphasis on bravery, creativity, and leadership development as an often neglected but vital part of an optimized childhood education. A lifetime of study and practical experience leads me to believe that the perfect developmental environment involves a combination of the following and a lot of these are not soccer related but you know any parents listening to this you know heads up guys you know over the years I've had kids that have done this because I've got lots of kids you know and you know first of all loving parents combined with a secure environment free of fear you know you've got to, it's it's got to be an adventurous go for it you know you know don't ever be afraid you know to take a risk environment reasonable risk obviously you know it's you know not sprint across the interstate when cars are driving at 80 mile an hour <laughs> you know it, you know that you know stupidity you know but that's the first one Two, a creative montessori style which is you know a, a play and investigation style of education. experiential learning yes exactly um, you know, I don't even know what experiential means You because know, it's such a long word but I'll take your word for it it's, that's an educator's <laughs> term for what you just said <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding um, a, a creative monastory style early childhood school and experience at least 5 to 10 hours per week when they're children Um, Number three, exposure to a diverse range of social theories, opinions, and philosophies with special emphasis on sex, religion, politics, uh, and all manner of societal phenomena. And this is something a lot of families have a tough time with. They want their kids to think like them. And so, you know, they take them down one religion path, for example. You know, and, you know and, and, and they do this in multiple disciplines because they want their kid to be a little carbon copy of who they are. Well, unfortunately, a kid grows up not being able to think because they've been corridored in one direction. It's important not to do that so that kids, you know, the whole purpose of education is what? It's for kids to think for themselves. Be taught how to think. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you go to college college is important because it teaches you how to think not what to think you know and so you have to be challenged with unpopular ideas maybe in order to be able to think about it and say no I don't agree with that I'm not going to follow that you know that idea in life you know and this whole book badding thing that we're seeing in society is crazy because you're not teaching a kid how to think you're not giving them the alternative opinions and they've got to read it for themselves and perhaps reject it you know if it doesn't make any sense you know if it's not going to make them a an intelligent kind you know human being you know number four a fun dynamic early childhood soccer program you know and the reason I say soccer is because when you use your feet you develop a level of agility balance kinesthetic awareness all of the things that you don't get to anything like the same degree when you're using your hands does that make sense so the best preparation funnily enough for tennis when you're ten, when you're two, three, four years of age, is actually, you know, our Happy Feet Soccer Program because you develop the ability to move on your toes, agility, you know, to control the ball in all sorts of wonderful ways, you know, and that initial movement is how you get to a ball, how you spin and turn and twist, you know, and hand to eye coordination comes later. And it's very easy compared to foot to eye coordination. So you need to get that that all round physical ability before you go into whatever it's, you know, your, your specialist sport is going to be, if that makes sense. So, you know, our Happy Feet program is the perfect physical and self-concept head start. Kids love it. It's story time with a soccer ball. You know, it gets them excited. It builds their self-concept, prepares them for whatever they're going to do, even if it's not soccer in the future. Number five is a fun game-based, early childhood acting voice debate program. You know, because kids... You know, it used to be when, you know, I was a little kid that kids, you know, were still expected to be seen and not heard. That was the saying in England growing up, kids are to be seen and not heard. You know, well, what a horrible way to look at you know, <laughs> bringing up a child, you know, we, we want to teach them how to communicate, you know. we. we don't I don't have... know,
0: Andy, like 65 years later, I'm kind of thinking maybe if we saw you more and heard you less, everybody would be better off for it. <laughs> I resign <laughs> I'm, I'm off of this
1: podcast you know i, I can't you take you definitely it. didn't follow that rule. <laughs> <laughs> you know but that was because i was born born and brought up in a, in a boarding house yeah, yeah you know so you know i i got to do all of these you know and you know and you guys are suffering as a result <laughs> 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 And, and then number six is a loving, challenging, and diverse academic experience through elementary, middle, high school, and university. Um, there's an interesting system out there, the Waldorf approach that I really like. So you guys, you know, I'm not going to go into it because it's, it's deep. But, you know, look into the Waldorf approach, W-A-L-D-O-R-F. And uh, number seven, and this is where we come into play, a creative soccer experience with fun, fairness, play, challenge, and competition at its core. You know, a soccer program that, number one, is progressively designed to teach children to handle escalating degrees of fatigue, frustration, technical skill, and psychological stress in a positive manner. Number two, emphasizes elements that define the margins of soccer greatness. In other words, aggressive creativity, self-discipline, competitive fire, and self-belief. Number three, uses a competitive cauldron approach that teaches and demands creative individualism and leadership. I'll try that again. Individualism and leadership through intelligent risk and encouragement to experiment with ever more difficult challenges. You know, so, you know, many stair steps all the way through it. You start in the right place, you build it gradually as the kids are able to handle the next challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, you know, people are saying... What if you've got kids at different levels? Well, you, you maybe have to change your practice so that it, it accounts for three different levels within the same practice. I
0: do it every week, every week. Right. Every single one of my sessions has three different level, levels built, baked into the session for the 1v1s or the 2v2s or the 4v4s that we're doing. And uh, the kids, especially the younger age, age groups, don't know the difference. As the kids get older, they know the difference, but it's just part of the process of like, hey, I'm putting in the time with my peers to see if I can improve.
1: Yeah, yeah, and... And so, and I love this quote, you know, because, you know, it's from one of the most severely handicapped individuals that we know of in history, Helen Keller. She said this, Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. You know, and if you read up on Helen Keller... You're gonna look you know, listen to that and it's gonna change your whole viewpoint of that quote because she lived it. You know, she was you know she had horrible handicaps, you know, and ended up having a massively positive influence on the world. You know, and so you know, what you're born with, you know, does not sure you know, there's certain things you can't do. You know, if you're born with one leg, you're you know, probably not gonna be a high jumper. You know, it's but there's all sorts of possibilities for us to work within what we've been gifted. Genetically, you know, and you know and and the end result of our life
0: I mean, I think society knows this even though it's sometimes difficult for us um, Across this across society to 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 practice because there's popular sayings and phrases that everybody uses "Steel's forged in fire right like like so society says that saying knowing that no pain no gain no pain no gain right there's so many of those but in reality if Whatever discipline it is that we're we're putting kids through, whatever educational discipline it is, we're our argument is that soccer is the best for a multitude of reasons, and there's numerous uh, vignettes across every podcast episode that we've done to that to that degree. But maybe we should re- revamp it and, and go back through the uh, uh, university uh, conversation that Andy had in that story um, on a future episode. But we believe soccer to be the best. But if you are not putting kids in in a competitive cauldron full of trial and suffering where failure is everywhere then you're not giving kids that opportunity to do what you say as all all the time as a coach no pain no gain you know uh uh, steel is forged and 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 fired
1: yeah and and unfortunately with prosperity especially in in the usa
0: Mm.
1: our kids are not getting you know on a daily basis through other means the opportunity you know to literally Uh, You know, run through a a wall of fire, come out, you know, with, you know, their uniform burning, you know, and, you know, be hacked down 10 times on the way to goal and find a way to survive through all that and and roof the ball into the net.
2: I mean, I I just looking at it just to go along with that, look at the society today and how everything is fast paced, social media, information. You can look up anything And in seconds, you have all the information in the world. I mean, kids in school. I mean, what I remember when I was younger, how I had to do research, how I had to do homework, the amount of time that it needed to happen. If I needed to get a copy of something, I had to walk into a store, get a copy of something. Like, everything today is 10 times faster and nearly instantaneously. Going back to where... you guys are older than me, right? Going back to your time, it was even harder. Ac- uh, information was less access, both people. And the kids have everything. And we too as adults, but the kids have everything much easier, much more in their hand. They don't need to work harder to get the information. So I think sports nowadays is the probably the only vehicle that we can, you know, put kids into situations that they can be actually challenged you know in school if you try to have the kids go through school in the way they did in the 90s 70s you know 50s whatever it's not realistic because it's not preparing for their current life for their current you know uh, workforce and all that because of the technology they need to learn that stuff in school right so we need as sports coaches you know where soccer obviously being the best but any sport, we need to put kids in situations that they're going to be challenged because other than that, they're not they're going I hate to say it, but they're gonna be soft. Well we talk about all the time
0: or society talks about all the time that the problem parents that exist and we see them everywhere, right? Our helicopter parents and our lawnmower parents. And by definition, those two parent groups, of which all of us, if we're being honest with ourselves, have moments of helicoptering and lawnmowering for the kids for our own kids, um, and society just in general, can, there's can way you, too can much you of
1: define it those two things. A helicopter
0: so, yeah, parent? I actually don't know what lawnmower no means. Okay, no, so
2: helicopter I do. The yeah, other helico- one. <laughs> well,
0: I'll define both. Helicopter means you're always hovering over your kids, quickly able to adjust or pick up or, or move a, an object or a suffering moment. Um, or you move your kid from an, a, a terrible uh, a suffering moment. Lawnmower parents are by definition even worse because you're always out in front of your kid, mowing the grass down so that it's a nice, easy path for them to walk. Um, uh, uh, generationally um, 15 20 years ago you saw more helicopter parents uh, but there's a lot of discussion now that we're seeing society has moved us to where actually we're seeing more and more lawnmower parents trying to remove all objects from their kids not just pick them up when an, when an object uh, appears in front of them that right
1: and, and they're completely setting their kids up for failure yes because the kid never has to really really dig deep you know, go through pain, go through, you know, um, you know, all of the things that real achievement demands, you know, in life, you know, because the parents have eased the path. They go to the best schools, you know, that, you know, they live in the best neighborhoods, you know, that they, they, they don't have to fight, you know, in, in the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, you have to fist fight. When and, I was a kid,
0: and I'm not, I'm not necessarily asking us to harken back to, you know, 75 years ago. I think progress isn't linear, well, well, right?
1: 75 years ago.
0: <laughs> hey.
1: <laughs> the, the, that's way too beyond. It was, it was 65, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you know, progress isn't linear, right? Societally from a societal perspective as, as, as we move forward in terms of um, uh, we're going to take steps back and there are generational challenges that every generation has, right? Baby boomers, boomers didn't boomers struggled. They went through trial and suffering at a significantly greater degree than my generation, which is millennials, right? And which I would argue did more so than the, the current um, young uh, um, uh, young professionals out there, Generation Z, and with every generation, there are positive growth um, uh, characteristics, and there are negative ones. Uh, and I think that we have seen. Uh, uh not nearly enough trial and suffering for current kids all the way up through my generation um uh, where our society has become so prosperous to andy's point yeah, every uh,
1: generation previously had it had it harder than the next generation
0: and but i'm not I, suggesting we go back to the style of life that made it hard i'm saying we but if more we're intelligently,
1: our character
0: we've got to intelligently insert that into correct, we have today. to
1: challenge yeah. our kids to be brave and to be creative and be leaders you know and to go through hard Hardship, you know, you know, and but when, when I say that, it makes it sound as though what we do is actually not fun. What we've got is we've got an incredibly tongue-dragging intense soccer program that's beautifully creative, that involves primarily dribbling and shooting, that makes it incredible fun, but it's also absolutely appallingly hard you know from a physiological perspective which is exactly what the kids need but while they you know their tongue is dragging and they're dredging their lungs for the next breath you know which is literally what happens in one on ones They're also, you know, in a weird and almost perverse and almost masochistic way, enjoying it, Mm -hmm. you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, but they walk away having built tremendous character because every round was, you know, after the first 15, 20 seconds was brutally tiring and they're holding on physiologically through the round and then they have to produce points of brilliance because we expect them to do drag Maradona turns and, and bend the ball beautifully into the far corner of the net you know, whilst their tongue is licking the dirt off of the the astroturf in our facilities, if that makes
0: sense. And there's a lot of dirt on that astroturf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: but, you know, hopefully this will make sense. You know, and what we put in is what society doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, so kids walk away from here... You know, and, you know, they look at the next challenge and their instant response to the next challenge, not like other people that look at the challenge and say, oh, that's too big for me. You know, our kids look at the next challenge, whatever that may be, something in college, you know, maybe a dating challenge, you know, maybe something, you know, you know, I'm at a disco or, you know, a social event and I see the girl of my dreams on the other side of the room. You know, the Legends player is going to get up and, and confidently walk over there and just be real and, and, you know, and risk, you know, asking her for a date, you know. And, you know, if she, you know, if it's like me, you know, you get turned down, you know, 999 after a, you know, out of 1,000, and eventually you find one that's prepared to pity you and and take you on board. But, you know you know, most of our players you know go into other areas in life whether that's a business area a family area a dating area you know you know and and they are more than equipped to take the risk if that makes sense
0: well yes that totally makes sense i want yes and i want to um, bring us before we go to Andy's next thing. I want to bring a soccer uh, uh, comparison here, right? Would, would traditional coaching is lawnmower and helicopter parent coaching, and what do I mean by that? It I mean that traditional coaching, especially in the younger age groups, you are co- you're coaching your kids to move the ball to find the weak spot of the defense and then attack there where there's not very much competition. You're not likely to have, to experience suffering or a tr- or a trial, right? Traditional coaching encourages just kids to pass backward where it's likely there is no defense right where it's easy to have success in terms of moving the ball backwards legends coaching is not helicopter coaching it is not lawnmower coaching we want kids to get the ball and to go forward and if they're going through a defender or two defenders or three defenders with skill and creativity to do so all the better and i think that's that's an important um uh piece to understand because as a society, we all everybody everybody talks about helicopter parenting and lawnmower parenting as being problematic for the future. But then when we look at traditional soccer coaching, we quickly look at if we can just teach our kids on how to pass it around and get around and go through the easy part of the defense. Well, that's 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 missing an element of trial and suffering, which we all agree is necessary for for positive character development moving forward.
1: Right, and you know, when I was a kid, you know, this is how manic I am. I read The Lord of the Rings, the whole thing, the trilogy, twenty three times
0: with your shoes twenty three. Yeah, and he did um, it. He did it without shoes, walking uphill in the snow to school every day. It was picking pretty impressive. Nose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which um, is easier to do than most noses. <laughs>
1: but the point is that I love that book so much because it was about adventure it was about you know getting out of your box it was about going for it you know imagine poor little Bilbo you know entering the mines of Mordor you know this is a hobbit he's a small guy he's got no power but he had the bravery you know to enter Mordor to look Sauron and his big horrible eye you know and cast his ring into the crack of doom you know and and so I was brought on this whole concept you meant Frodo Sorry?
2: You meant Frodo, right?
1: Yes, yeah, sorry, Frodo. Yeah, you the, read it
2: 23 you know, times. <laughs> and you
1: mean,
0: a perfect example of comparing Andy's generation to my children's generation. Andy read a book 23 times. My 10 year old hasn't read a book once, but he has watched every episode of, of The Office 23 times. So, like, if there's a better illustration of society's changing and in some ways not for the better, I think that's it.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, but, you know and, and so what we're trying to get kids to understand is. You know, we are Frodo, you know, in in Mordor. You know, we're at the crack of doom, you know, and we're facing this decision. Do I play it backwards? You know, do I give the ring to somebody else that's, you know, following me up, you know, 20 miles, 30 miles, 100 miles behind and say, I I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, you know, you've got to be, you know, the Kylian Mbappe. You've got to be the Leo Messi. You've got to be the CR7 because I'm just a weak and wimpy human, you know, and you're a superstar, you know. And no, we want our kids to be adventurous. We want our kids to be the superstars, you know. And so we, our club has an outrageous premise. Listen to this that soccer is modern society's most beneficial character development vehicle. But wait! Only if it is taught the legend's way. Soccer is the world's most popular team sport for a reason. However, it can be taught as a character developer or destroyer. Taught the right way, children can become brave, creative leaders for life. Taught the wrong way, they can be psychologically damaged or destroyed by ignorant coaches who cannot put aside their upbringing and ego-based need to win. That's huge you know and kids walk away from our club bigger more confident you know, willing to take risks, willing to be the leader of the group, the class. You know, down the road, the bi- open their own business. You know, you know, uh, go to, you know, do things that other people haven't done before. You know, go to outrageous countries and have adventures. You know, and you know, you know, climb mountains and you know, and, and do the things that that really, as you look back on in your old age, you know, make life worthwhile. You know, I, I'm going to look back in my old age and i'm going to say boy you really lived i look you know this is kind of a, a, an example of this but we've all seen these lists on the internet you know and like facebook and how many of these have you done you mm. know yeah, yeah. you know yeah. do
0: you have a scar mm. You know, you know, those lists are especially um, uh, uh, prevalent on boomers, um, Facebook pages. OK. And, and,
1: and so. So, you know, I take I understand you're insulting me, but, you know, I'm just a movie on it. <laughs> and you my, know, mom. I'm a, I'm and my mom. I'm strong. I'm a brave creative leader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my mother-in-law. <laughs> you know, you know, but at, at, at the end of the day, I do these lists. You know, and, you know, have you ever been re- arrested? Yes, you know, and I was acquitted because I was arrested incorrectly, you know, but I wouldn't back down, you know, in the situation I found myself in because I'm a man of principle and I'm brave enough to get in a fight if somebody tries to punch me, yeah, yeah. you know. So, yes, you know, and d- did you get a tattoo? Yeah, I was a stupid 16-year-old one time in my life. You know, no, actually, for quite a while. I think it was 365 days, actually. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, you know, uh, but you know, I got a tattoo. You know, because one night, you know, I I was drinking like I shouldn't have been at sixteen. You know, and I made a stupid decision because my brain wasn't working because it was it was absolutely embalmed in alcohol you at got the a, time.
0: You got a homemade tattoo. It's an ugly thing. Yeah, you <laughs> a know, homemade you tattoo.
2: Know. Well, well, I have. That's one of the stories I never heard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on his arm. You haven't seen it. I have, but uh, I never asked him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. it's kind of fading away, so I, I thought he was trying to hide have, it for some reason.
0: Speaking of which, getting arrested. Have you ever have you ever asked Kyle about the story about him being arrested while wearing a UPS uniform? No. <laughs> you should do that because it's a good story. <laughs> you, UPS man went to jail. Uh, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it was Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the point
1: is. You know, you know, and literally there's one thing on that list that I hadn't haven't done most of these lists, you know, because, you know, I visited, you know, most of the countries that you need to visit to, you know, qualify for maybe the number. You've
0: lived a life. Maybe this makes sense as to why the boomers are filling it out, because they've lived long enough to have actually lived life. But at the same time, you
1: know, there's lots of boomers, you know, and I I had to laugh because, you know, somebody I know. You know, there was a list of, like, 51, and I'd done 50, and somebody I know had done six. Six? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, you know, you know, you know there's kind of, like, you know, when I die, I want to go out of this life, you know, on, on a toboggan, you know, going down the steepest snowy hill, you know, you know you're, you're screaming drunk as a lord or whatever, and you just, woo What a life, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that whole mentality of, you know, use every moment, enjoy it, celebrate it, you know, and, you know, it's it's a great life, you know, and, you know, and I don't understand people that bring life down, you know, because my job, I have felt, has always been to bring, you know, kids up bring people up give people opportunity make life better make it exciting make it challenging not easy because life isn't exciting unless it's meaningful is my feeling you know and other people might disagree with me but I love the fact that you know between two marriages I've got eight kids you know and they drive me crazy don't get me wrong but I'm alive
0: <laughs> I get up every Barely. day with
1: problems <laughs> you, know, I, you know I referee you know arguments you know and, did you say barely?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in part because you can't turn your head to, to, to if see. I I so, oh, if that, I want to say something before you need to get mad, I'll just go. <laughs> but, but let's get back
2: to
1: something really important. Please, everybody is listening, ignore Philippe and Andrew and listen to this. Um, Taught in, in its most effective form, soccer can challenge children to produce incredibly creative and gutsy solutions to tough challenges under the greatest positive and negative pressures taught the wrong way, for example by encouraging cheating, you know, diving for example, you know, you know there's there's tons of examples. Why'd you
2: look at me when you said diving?
1: You yeah, Brazilian I watch you play. <laughs> 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 soccer can undermine a child's self-concept and much of their ability to lead a positive productive life i freely admit to pushing the edge of the envelope with my claim that soccer is the most beneficial character developmental vehicle in modern society however if we set aside our biases we may recognize the ultimate truth in this assertion while reading this book And this is about the book that I wrote, Training Soccer Legends and Legends for Life, the two books. By reading my books, please open your mind, try to recognize the pitfalls of your upbringing. Yes, we are bigoted to a certain degree, all of us. And recognize that soccer taught the legends way is unusually and immensely good for children
0: when applied to their daily lives. That's the challenge. That's the challenge, and and like, and that's what we're talking about in terms of soccer ta- taught the legends way. Soccer taught in a way that we embrace risk. Um, you know, Andy, you, you, the motto we use oftentimes for the club is "brave, creative leadership for life." Right, um, and um, I I find myself more often than um, than seldom, uh, so fairly often um, reminding the the players that I coach or their parents, what that means like bravery legends for life or legends, brave creative leadership for life means bravery is like, is a willingness to, to not be afraid to fail right? I, th- I, think it, I think when you boil it down, it's not to be afraid to fail. So while playing in practices and games, embracing risk, knowing that failure could just be just around the corner and being prepared to take it on. Creativity or creative from a perspective of being, being willing to look at problems and try to create new solutions. So not a pre-described pattern play solution to breaking down a defense, but oh, I got to figure out how to get past this and I want to do something different to do that. And what we found is players that are not afraid of failure, that embrace risk, who also look for creative solutions with play, when playing, become leaders and leaders for life. No matter what um, uh, environment or discipline or whatever that they're doing, they're a leader forever because they, they were during their formative years, they built that confidence um, and that, that, that self-concept that led them uh, down that leadership path.
1: The, the, the one thing that just irks me, burns me, frustrates the heck out of me is that we get players that are recruited away because everybody wants our players, right? Because we've developed these brave, creative leaders. You know, and they're recruited away by coaches and philosophies and clubs that, you know, they may have, um, you know, they may play in something that can achieve an objective, like, you know, get more college coaches on the sideline. You know, but when our players get there, Because of the coach's lack of bravery and creativity, you know, and out there leadership, the coach puts them in a box and in no time at all, you know, undermines their bravery. And they're nowhere near the player that they were six months a year earlier, you know, after playing in our program for eight years, you know, and, you know, so they're still better than everybody else on their team. Don't get me wrong, you know, because, you know, you just can't undo eight years of great coaching and bravery, you know, and going for it in six months, a year, two years, three years. And even when players have been gone eight years and they're playing in the pros, you can still see that our players are better. They're more creative. You know, they've got those extra touches. But boy, is it frustrating when players that were destroying defenders with a, the with a Maradona turn, you know, aren't using their Maradona turn anymore because the coach they're playing for is too scared to let them use it. And it's discouraged it. I
2: think it's not even that, to be honest, because even if they go to a coach that won't discourage them to do it and will allow them to do it, the coach is not asking them to do it the whole time. It's Great not point. on their ear all the time to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And in the moment they are playing, when they have the ball, when the, next, the play before they passed the ball and went to see when they could have done something else in terms of skill and being more creative... And it doesn't matter that they're gonna come back home and their parents are, are gonna say, "You gotta play more creative. You gotta take the risk. Remember the legend stuff. Remember the legend stuff." It, it, it's not gonna happen if the coach is yelling, you know, move the ball, find the 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 the, the switch, you know, find the, you know, the space, whatever. It, it, it's different. It's a different. Uh, it, it's different information to the kid, and it, it, it's just even if the kid has a personality that they want to do it and they still keep some of it, it's not going to be to the extent that they could have. Because... It's human nature to water finds the
0: quickest route. It's human nature to do the easy thing. And so if you're not constantly encouraged to do the hard thing, then over time you slowly ebb away your willingness to do the Especially if you're making mistakes.
2: And the other thing is you're not going to be training that in practice, yeah. right? You're not going to be training that in the environment that you need to implement that in the game. You're just going to do it on your own. If, yeah, it doesn't matter how many hours you spend against your wall doing it if you go to a practice and there's nothing that puts that if you're putting restrictions to play one touch to touch and then in the game the coach will allow you to dribble but you're not training that you're not doing the fix and moves under pressure going at defenders and, you know, and all that so it, it, they're going to lose the ability to do it under pressure when they try to do it they're going to have less success and they slowly start doing less and less and less and yep. It's, yep. it's sad
1: beware of the shortcut, because the shortcut you know, takes away your opportunity to develop deep character. That's a very it, good point. You know, and, and you, know, you look at, so, you know, define a shortcut, you know, and you know, it can be, um, you know that you've got to walk two miles to get to a certain place by going in one route, you know, but that route might be more scenic, you know, it's a more pleasant route, you know, it's more hilly, you know, whatever it is, or there's a shortcut, you know, and you can get there in half the time, you know, by taking a different route to your objective, to the place you want to go. You know, well, you end up not getting as much fitness benefit out of taking the shortcut. You know, so, you're, you know, cardiovascular fitness or, you know, everything to do with fitness, you know, is, is, you know, hurt by your attitude is I've got to always look for a shortcut. You know, and you know, you know, before my knees started going bone on bone, I used to run every single day. And I didn't take shortcuts. You know, I went long routes, you know, I went on adventures, you know, and, you know, and I would not, you know, cut it short. I wouldn't take the easy way out. I would always do at least the minimum route that I'd planned, but often I would, I would set off in another direction and do more, do more. You know, you know, I keep talking to you guys about do more. You know, more is more. You know, and uh, it goes against, you know, this societal message of less is more. Well, how can less be more? You know, I keep asking that, you know. If I do less, I'm not gonna be as physically fit. If I read less, I'm not gonna be as well prepared for the podcast, you know. It, you know so I, I over prepare, as you know, for, for the podcast, and that's what I do in life, you know, because more is more, you know. And that's what people don't understand. but but let me cover this coached properly soccer is the ideal vehicle for character development coach the legends way it combines fun with great preparation for a fulfilling life coach the legends for life way it's taught in small sided game based environments where every player has a blast while overcoming intense public exposure criticism physical fatigue skill frustration physical pain psychological pressure and decision making with a unique focus on bravery and creativity much of this doesn't sound like fun but because of the the intense dribbling and shooting focus kids love it the result of this combination of fun and maximum challenge can only be the fulfillment of leadership potential this character optimization should be the primary goal of all teachers because a great character is the defining catalyst for positive human achievement great character is life's margin of greatness. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and we all know what great character is, right? You know, we look at people in life, and we can identify people of great character. You know, the explorers. You know, it's Edmund Hillary, the guy that first climbed Mount Everest. I don't know him. Yeah, he's a british you know hero okay,
0: okay that must be it yeah,
1: yeah. you know and uh, and so you know he's the first brazilian to
0: fly to, you know. f- to climb mount everest
2: uh, i don't know but there there are actually some some crazy guys that do i heard a podcast of a guy a brazilian guy that lives in the north pole i'm like what are you doing why would you choose that <laughs> what are you doing you know what he's looking for some trial and suffering and he's like oh we 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 ride this Bike 70 miles an hour across the iceberg and the iceberg is miles miles away and then if you fall you spin with the bike for an hour because you don't stop on ice until you hit something and 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 i'm like what are you
1: doing (laughs) and when they play soccer they play on a little ice flow you know, where, you know, if you miss your move, you're into the drink. The drink.
0: Into the drink. You know, yeah, you know, and it's
1: like <laughs> like 10 below. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, it's small, it's fast, just like our facility. Mm-hmm. You know, they, obviously our ice flow, they can't do the wall thing, but they, they're in small spaces up
0: there. Do they use you a know? futsal ball to slow down the roll? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> in the
1: ice. We should try it. <laughs> but listen to this. Great character reduces the temptation to indulge in life's costly behavior. Behaviors, you know drug taping for example and empowers the magnified personal focus needed to maximize life's benefits with weak character genius means nothing with great character genius can combine intelligent judgment with action and change the world. Many books have been written about fitness, bravery, intelligence, leadership, creativity and motivation. However, none has given today's youth a viable blueprint for making these things happen in a format that guarantees the acquisition of these positive characteristics and a fun environment that combines tremendous enjoyment with friendship, dynamic activity and shared purist objectives. The Legends for Life method combines the ecstasy and euphoria of overcoming soccer's most difficult obstacles in the most positive, creative ways with all the inherent, inherent benefits of the world's most challenging and popular team sport. Big statement, right? The Prove Super me big. wrong. Prove me wrong. You know, show me another environment. Look at all the environments out there. You know, And you won't find another environment. You'll find some that are close. You know, basketball in the key is close, you know, but it's not as beneficial because it's with the hands and not the feet, you know. So, you know, you, you build more you know, skill When you're talking about the holistic, you know, the feet, you know, and dribbling and shooting, you know, under pressure in tight spaces, you know, and just like basketball, though, the great players come from the key in basketball and the great players come from practicing in street soccer in small spaces in front of goal, you know, so that they they have no time, no space and they have to be totally intense, totally creative in order to penetrate and score brave creative leadership is essential for Michael Jordan in the same way that it's essential for Leo Messi. Does that make sense? I, I
2: think if you look at soccer, we keep talking about feet only. Soccer, you literally, I would, I would argue to say, you nearly use all parts of your body equally, except your feet, maybe. You use your shoulder to control the ball. You use your chest. You use your thigh. You use your knee. You use your hands to shoot defenders. You turn your neck. You jump to head the ball. You slide. So you have the ball. The ball is on your feet. You have a guy sliding. Then you're jumping in the air with somebody else. Then I mean, it's just so complete in terms of what requires from... And even the players use their hands for throw-ins and the keepers and, you know... And it's just a, a insane arsenal of tools and skills that are required to be an incredible soccer player. And you know, like Andy said, and we what we're preaching here, you put the kids in that kind of environment. That in itself, the sport in itself, is uh, one of, probably the best invention on earth, in my opinion. And we make sure we put it in an environment to maximize what that can bring the best out of the the player, as a player and as a person. I mean, that's the recipe for success.
0: You you mentioned throw-in, and I'm going to transition back to Andy for his next bit um, with a story. Um, so I have a, I coach a 2010 boys team, um, and I have a kid that's just joined the team at tryout time. Uh, nice kid. I, I don't know how recently, but somewhat recently his family – immigrated from Ghana to uh, uh, to Kansas City. Um, and so he showed up at my trouts and athletic kid, grown pretty quick, a bit, you know, still never, you could tell he'd never like really been coached, like, but like decent on the ball, pretty enthusiastic about going for it, uh, clueless when it comes to understanding positions and like where to stand and all of that. Like, uh, anyway, um, nice kid. First game of the season, the ball goes out of bounds. He's, he's on the wide part of the field. So he picks it up to do the throw in and he does a, chest bounce pass to a teammate, and it was in that moment that I realized oh, 14-year-old Perry had never played an organized soccer game and had no idea how to do a throw-in because we definitely don't practice that. And so all the kids, of course, start dying laughing on my bench because he did it right in front of my bench. But the referee was so oblivious to that a 14-year-old might do that, it was allowed to continue on and play. And so when I sub Perry off, I had to show him really quickly how to do a throw-in. Oh, uh, I, I have a, I have,
2: I have another story on that. Uh, I. When I was the assistant coach at Avila University, we had a JV game. And I subbed the player in. It was one of the last guys that, you know, the head coach put, told me to, that I should sub on and whatever, how the rotation would work. Sub him in. He was playing right back. Okay. Two minutes in, we got a throw in. College. The worst throw in I've ever seen. <laughs> the ref came to the other side. I'm like, I look at him and he's like, another throw in he does it again I'm like can't happen (laughs) calling I sub him off and I put somebody in and I'm like do you know how to take a throw in he's like I'm not sure coach (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I, I pick one of the guys that was hurt and I can you teach him how to do it? Because I want to get him back in the game. But if he's playing right back in his tomorrow, but but I I love it from
0: a perspective of you know Perry's from Ghana and and we talk about Ghana often um, uh, uh, obviously, um, but like the, like like throw in is like a quintessential part of the game that the Ghana- Ghanaians have effectively done a good job in the streets of just paying zero attention. To I never I didn't know how to do
2: it. Yeah, of course, and like play- and- I played in courts or small fields of my whole life and there I, was no throw and
0: I love that and I love that uh, uh, about it all together and um, and I re- and obviously when I coach young teams there's always some dad that comes over on the 12th foul throw and the kid picks up their foot to throw the ball in and say coach we are we going to work on throw-ins and practice I was just about to go yeah away. and I'm like, oh, and <laughs> I'm like we're not <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like I had one dad that was like fairly frustrated by it and, and he, he said what do you mean we're not and I go did you ever play soccer growing up it was a nice conversation I wasn't a jerk to him and he was like no and I was like do you know how to do a throw in he goes yeah you put it over your head and you keep your feet on the ground so like, oh, great so you've had no practice and you know how to do it yeah okay great then I think we can just never practice that skill and eventually the kids will figure out how to do it <laughs> like, and I mean, we don't why, why
1: t- <laughs> t- see a lot of people you know th- th- it's a simple calculation for them we don't know how to do it now yeah so we have to practice it now yeah. but what they don't think to themselves is that they're going to now not the point they're, they're going to be taking exactly. valuable practice time yeah. away from something that that they're not going to learn eventually, yeah. that they must practice now if they're going to conquer it and be able to use it under pressure yeah. at the highest level of the game. You know, and, and you
2: need to put that in your book because I think that's a great quote that you just said.
1: You know, it, it, it's something that people don't recognize is you're not just doing something now, you're giving something up when mm-hmm. you do something now. So... If I am spending time just meaninglessly and aimlessly watching reels on social media, you know, I have to give myself a mental kick and say, shut it down and go do something meaningful. Mm -hmm. You know, well, younger people that haven't been brought up, you know, making things happen like I have, they don't give themselves that kick. And three hours go by and they're still watching reels. Mm -hmm. And everything else has
0: been literally rotting.
2: And you ask them how long were you sitting there? Twenty minutes? Yeah, they have no idea. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. no clue. <laughs> but,
0: but that brings up, and I, I don't know if this is a an, an, an analogy that you've made before, but it definitely, like, it, it, it's in the spirit of of legends, um, philosophy, and methodology, and it comes to me at work often now. Um, but you know, you know, life or soccer or work is like. Laying in bed with a blanket that's not big enough to cover both your head and your feet. And so you have to choose yep. what to prioritize. And so sometimes at night, I've got I've got my shoulders uncovered because my feet are covered. And then my shoulders get cold, so I pull up the blanket. And now my shoulders are covered and my feet get cold. And I, it's, it's this constant reprioritization and rethinking of what needs to be focused on now. And I have this conversation often at work with with, with uh, my colleagues. And they're like, ah, th- but we need to do this. this. This is something that needs to get done. And I'm always like, well, yes, But this other thing needs to get done, too. And we've got to pick one or the other. um, uh, uh, We can't do it all. We have to prioritize and make sure that our priority is one that leads us down a path to have the greatest amount of success. And that comes back to at the core of what is training soccer legends is we have come up with the most efficient way to get the biggest bang for your buck by working on the top-down, most difficult skills and only working on those, recognizing that they – just the law of physical education touch everything everything below it right and so um, and not focusing on now cuz now is not the point
1: that 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 principle is in training soccer legends my mm-hmm. first book yep it's the short blanket principle yep. you know if you pull it up to cover your head you expose your feet pull it down to I cover knew I got your it feet somewhere. you expose your head you know and so what you've got to do is you've got to um, pick your priorities in life really carefully Put some socks. <laughs> and then you don't develop any mental toughness. You know, you never have cold feet. But that's and, what and people you, do. But that's
2: what people try to do. Exactly they try right, to, They try to put socks on. There's a story you tell, and
0: I don't think you've ever told this story on the podcast, where you used to compete, maybe with uh, one of your buddies, Hugh, we always talk about, um, uh, used to compete with people where you would go for a run and you would put your feet in the freezing cold creek and see who could withstand oh, having their feet in the creek the longest.
1: So, so you know, we we were phys ed students, yeah. you know, before um, people were worried about, you know, like exposure to the elements and stuff. So we actually were sent on, a, you know, on an overnight trip. You know, where we had to bivouac and use just a plastic bag and the overnight and the temperature dropped, dropped way below freezing. And we had Virginia Jones, one of the girls on our, in our group, had to be taken to hospital the next day, you know, with hypothermia because she, she got so cold. And they abandoned their you've got to make it no matter what philosophy. And they were trying to train us. They weren't just masochists. You know, or say this to people that ran the course, you know, they were trying to train us so that if we had a group of children and we were in mountains and nobody had radar in those days, you didn't know that bad weather was coming, that, you know, if a snowstorm came in and the tempers dropped, temperatures dropped, you could dig a hole, use a plastic bag, you know, and use brush from around us, you know, to cover yourself. And you could sleep and you could maintain your body temperature above a certain point, you know. And for whatever reason, Virginia didn't. And she ended up, you know, actually, according to the reports we had, at some point, it was touch and go whether she'd survive. You know, and so, so um, you, know, the, you know, the essential nature of, you know, what we do is, is compounded. I think by um, the, the need for challenges to be extreme if you're going to build a tremendous character. You know, but obviously, you know, if we're out overnight in freezing temperatures and we're miserable the whole night, because the whole group was miserable the whole night in those freezing temperatures, nobody wants to do that again. You know, we've found a way to make it fun. So you want to come back. So that the kids want to come back yeah. because they walk away and they say... Oh, I felt like crap in round number 3 and I nearly threw up or I did throw up. You know, you know, but you know, by the time it's all said and done and all the scores are in and you know they they, they know that they've improved and they scored, you know, 50 60 goals, you know, during these one-on-ones, you know, and you know they they look at it and they say, you know, that was fantastic, you know that and they feel special. They they walk out, you know, a foot taller, you know, in their imagination, you know, because they survived the battle. And they prospered through the battle
0: well we've all, all uh, every listener has has had a moment where they've they've exercised and during that exercise they walk around, out walk after the exercise they walk out of the gym or the field or the court and they have that exercise high like you know physically I just put myself through something and I feel good as a result the difference between um, legends one v ones and just going out and running lines or sprints is that players come out of that session with the exercise high in one or the other, because or both of them, because both of them push you anaerobically and aerobically to the limits, right? But there's thought associated with 1v1. One one. And you have to be creative. And you have to put the ball in the back of the net. And you have to defend. And you have to think about, how am I going to defend You know Ryan Kaufman, who's got a fantastic Matthews and can bury it if I give him just an inch of space. And so you come out of that session not just with the exercise physical high that you would get out of a sprint session, but you come out of that session with the mental and emotional high, too, of having pushed yourself mentally to the brink and all of your creative triggers pushing those as far as you can push
1: 100%. Absolutely, you know, you you nailed it. And and what we do is we use soccer as a means of character education. It's also the number one way to develop an incredible Leo Messi, CR7 type player. You know, it's so you know, But it's we we want our kids and achieve this objective. Uh, because when the kids leave us, they got deeper, wider, broader—you know—you um, know—personal, character, responsibility, you know, uh, you know—in life, you know. And that's long been a passion of mine. I've spent a lifetime in soccer and coached at the youth and adult level for fifty years. I was lucky to have a family with generations of professional players. Soccer was a constant topic of conversation. How I was, however, I was even luckier because some of my greatest influences were from around the world. You see, my parents owned a boarding house in Oxford, England. Most of our guests were connected to Oxford University. Daily discussions involved very intelligent people from all over the planet. They were of various colors and creeds, from all races, with different religious perspectives and opinions. And I grew up having to think again every day. Before the podcast started, we were talking about Adam Grant's book, Think Again, which is a tremendous book. Uh, and what does think again mean? You know, these guys educated me to ask questions, to seek to understand, you know, to be open-minded and willing to change when their logic pointed me in a different direction. That's what we do as the Legends Club. We ask our players to try the most outrageous stuff you know, to work hard to conquer conquer these movement patterns, you know, the situations that they find themselves in in the game, you know, and, you know, we show them where to use these moves, but they've got to be there a thousand times, you know, doing it under pressure in the the small-sided game situation, one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, you know, in the goal mouth, you know, where, you know, it's literally do or die, in order to, you know, fail and think again, and fail and think again, and fail and try again you know, and think again and try again, you know, and, you know, after a while, though, they conquer, you know, they transcend, and this is what this is about, it's about transcendence, why are we happy with winning a stupid game, two to one, why, it doesn't make any sense, I want my kid, and I want every kid in the Legends Club to transcend, to be godlike when they've got the ball. that's what transcendence is, it's not to be ordinary, It's to actually be dominant, but at the same time, intelligently dominant, where you're kind and you're caring, you help others, and you do wonderful things for everybody around you, everybody in society. So you're transcendent in all sorts of positive ways. And that's what other programs don't even scratch the surface on, because they're focused on things that are selfish, that are ego-based, instead of in the interests of every individual. And more than anything, when a player leaves us too early, that's what they lose. And they might have the best parents in the world, but those parents in their lovely, luxurious, upper-class neighbourhoods, you know, in the cities all over the country, you know, especially Kansas City where the Legends, you know, it was founded and based, you know, those parents cannot reproduce the blood, sweat and tears that we reproduce in our facilities that we demand in our facilities, that the kids experience practicing and practice out in our facilities. They just can't do it. It's an impossibility. It's beyond them. They haven't spent the millions. They haven't done the research. They haven't done what we have done that enabled us to write Training Soccer Legends, Legends for Life, and Legends by Design, which I'm working on now, and Legends by Culture, which is the fourth book. You know, and and these are all things I'm working on constantly behind the scenes. And none of the other clubs have done this work. They do not understand to the degree that we do and we've put it into practice. We've proven it works. They do not understand how to develop
2: great players. Yeah. Yeah. And they take them from us sometimes. And uh, And I'm going to
1: step in here. They damn well destroy them to a certain degree. 20%, 30%, 40% of their ability after a year or two years with these other clubs has disappeared because they don't demand it. They don't insist upon it. They don't praise it. You know, they do not make players better. Our players shrink when they leave us. Don't care who they join. You know, whether that's a professional team, a college team, or another club team. They shrink when they leave us. And I want to cry. So many times I've gone to watch ex-players playing on another club for another team with a bunch of robots that just want a one-and-two-touch pass. And this kid could have been Pelé. This kid could have been Johan Cruyff, Diego Maradona, Marta. And they've been put in a box. And they've been restricted. They've spent time in a prison cell without anything to read. You know, and only subsistence food, and they've lost a whole bunch of what they had when they walked into
0: that cell. Yeah, but now they're going to get a scholarship to, like, a mid-major university. And it costs them
1: for life. <laughs> <laughs> they, they pay. They You know, they don't get a scholarship. They pay in their loss of ability for that money that, that they receive, you know, because college coaches, they need to win. You know, they've got to pay their bills. They, you know, it, the, that's their only job. They've got to pay the mortgage. They've got young kids, whatever it is, you know, and they need to win in order just to retain their job. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. To be secure in their job, they need to win. You know, it's a step down from professional coaching. Some colleges are very committed, you know, and their coaches can lose 70% of their games for years and still retain their job. Yep. Because they're nice people. They're good role models, whatever the reason. You know. But most colleges, you have to win. Yep. So the shortcut has to be taken. For sure, for
0: sure. Uh, what Winning, though, uh, by our definition, is what is important now is what improvement next. With that said, um, I think we have come to the end of our hour. Uh, Philippe, Andy, another great episode. We'll see you guys next time.
2: See you next time. Thanks, guys.